October 9th, 2005, it's Watt from Pedro Show. Thank you. 
the window as the doctor came. He was a cartoon long forsaken by the public eye. The nurse suggested her goddess as I breathed my first. The doctor grabbed my head and said, God, but the lady cried. From Pedro Show, October 9, 2005 edition. <clears throat> Happy birthday, Elizabeth. Uh, I don't know. 30 something. 37. That was Richard Hell. I don't know. Did you see the date on this, Brother Matt? Uh, between 1973 and 2004. <laughs> yeah, but I think the 73 stuff is the Neon Boys, which uh-huh. was before television. And then he left in 76. And I think in 75 or 74, he was with Johnny Thunders. So this is either like 75 or 76 of uh, Richard Hell with television at uh, CBGB's. It just says live. It's from his new uh, anthology, Spurts. He gave this to me a few days ago. He was in town to read from his new book, God Light. Uh, Duck Soup, or Book Soup. <laughs> Duck Soup's a book. <laughs> West Hollywood. And the day before it, he was at the same uh, West Hollywood book fair I was. He's driving. He's, I think he started in Seattle and did a whole bunch of things, and he was driving. He, oh, he cool. likes driving. He told me he had a muscle car for a while. Wow. Yeah, a like Barracuda. Uh-huh. Uh, and then me and Raymond um, got to have dinner with him. It was Monday night, so the uh, only thing open was Hamburger Hamlet, something on Hollywood Boulevard. I don't know many places to chow. Pink's. <laughs> up in Hollywood. So standard. Yeah, I guess. And it was neat having talk. Now Raymond's in New York City. He got there yesterday. He's got a big show at the Whitney. There was a piece in the New York Times magazine. I think I flowed you an email cool. of it. Yeah, it's like going into his house with his family and stuff. Wow. And it was du- it was not just a writer; it was the art um, editor for the New York Times. 
So. Yeah, Raymond. Yeah, yeah. He'll be back next week, and we're going to start on the movies. Cool. Get that Richard II in. Uh, and Don, we want to get Don Quixote, too, because this year is the 400th anniversary. That's a good tribute. So it'll be 401 next year. <laughs> so we've got to get it on. And with Gomez. Uh, we opened up with uh, Blue Monk, something live uh, from uh, Carnegie Hall in 1957. Everybody's talking about this thing right now. It's um, Thelonious Monk Quartet with John Coltrane when he played with him in between his two stints with Miles Davis. And uh, this thing was found at the Smithsonian or something. I mean, there was a lot of cats on the bill, too. You can see here... Uh, I mean, it's not part of this recording, but the same night, it was November 29, 1957. So less, like three weeks from when I was born. And, um, yeah, Billie Holiday, it was a Thanksgiving gig. Dizzy Gillespie, Ray Charles, Chet Baker, Zoot Sims, Sonny Rollins. Whoa. So, and then, Thelonious Monk, along with John Coltrane. This picture of to each other and uh, yeah you were talking about monks dancing yeah he used to get up I, I, I thought I played an interview where the guy asked about him yeah, we gotta get into this because I also got flowed this uh, CD that's like it's called evidence and it's about the recording so I think it's people talking well, actually it was a benefit concert here's the evidence it's only got three tunes. Yeah, Joe Martin. So, uh, well, you know, these guys both got sons. And I did see a little thing on the web, a little film of them talking about their pops, Robbie Coltrane. And what's Thelonious Monk? His son, T.S. or something, he goes by letters. And they're both talking about it a little bit. There's talking heads. Uh, anyway, on this, uh, I'm sure I played an interview where uh, John Coltrane is asked about, you know, do you ever see that dancing? And he never got to really see it because he, he said it usually happened when he was soloing. The monk could get up and he said he could, because he was kind of curious to see what it looked like too. Because the guy asked him what it looked like from up on the stage and he really didn't know. So last week, uh, or when we did our show last, we didn't last week. Huh? Uh, you were crammed up. Yeah. Um, did we talk about this blank generation? Anyway, that was the name of that song, the Richard Health thing. But it's him with the television guys. And I got a DVD. I got to put it to sound because we can't play it here yet. But uh, it's like in the Ork Loft. Terry York is the guy who had a label called Ork Records, and he put out the first television single and the first uh, Richard Hell single. Mm. Trippy guy. I think he worked in a uh, bookstore or a porn store that Hell and uh, Verlaine worked at or something when they first got to New York. He just died a little while ago, Terry York, maybe a few months ago. I think in San Diego or something. And uh, anyway, this is up in his uh, loft in New York City, and the band was just getting together in 74. Because the first band they made was uh, Neon Boys. So we'll play that. But what I want to play is a little something more from... Uh, I got an email from the drummer. 
Sisters in the Pit. I played a song because I, I had just gotten back from NorCal, I remember, and I got this at the gig. And she wrote me and said, uh, Hey, uh, I heard you liked our band, and thank you. You're getting it together and something like that. Well, yeah, I bought a shirt, and I bought the CD, and then I wore the shirt. I, see, I got the CD signed by the bass player. I just met her right when she got done playing. She's there putting up the amp. I said, will you sign this for me? Said, I like your bass playing. But then I got an email by the drummer. And uh, it was really neat. Yeah, they're Oakland people. And uh, they said they like, uh, they appreciate, uh, yeah, somebody like, you like it when somebody says they like me, you know, I say, thank you. <laughs> So that's kind of like what it was like. What was neat because uh, well, they heard about the radio show, but they haven't heard it yet. So here's another chance for them to uh, hear hear um, themselves on the Watford Pedro show. Sisters in the Pit.
Slipping and falling. Uh, gear. Brother Matt, this is going to tumble, I think. Yeah, <laughs> With my luck, you know. That was uh, work that we do. Myself, Petra, Perkins. Something we did for the Sublime tribute. I got to be more aware of our connects here. I probably didn't fucking just cut it off. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I couldn't let the shit fall. Um, before that, we had live from the Redden Festival uh, end of August. Shit, a month ago now. Right. month and a half, maybe. Uh, Stooges. Uh, yeah, Redding, England with I Want to Be Your Dog. Um, before that, we start off with uh, Beautiful... Instrumental by Sisters of the Pit. Sisters in the Pit. I'm sorry. Oakland, California. Great band. I think sistersinthepit.com is their website. S-I-S-T-A-S-I-S-T-A-S-I-N-T-H-E-P-I-T.com. And you can uh, see what they're about. That's it. I went there. I think the bass player has solo album. And it's the same lady who does the artwork, you know, with that, uh, you know, kind of like posters from Superfly in the early 70s. Yeah, because uh, I think Richard Bonney gave me a card. I think she might have been selling the T-shirts because when I got home, there was a card. You know, people give me the card. You know what? They're really big on that. It's Japan. Did your buddy come from Japan? He's supposed to be here this weekend. But Sunday. Yeah, he's going to be here for this weekend and then up north and down south and then back here. So he's got to squeeze it all in while he's here. While he's in town. That ain't, ain't going on, brother man. Well, well he's not here. Um, 
Or, That's trip. It worked in the test. Yeah, wiggle the wire. Yeah, because I hear some noise. Uh, Go now. No, it's something with the wire. No, you got to wiggle it at the board. No. Okay, keep talking so it ain't dead. Okay. Hey, hello there, folks. This is Y from Pedro Show. We're working out a few little technical difficulties. I gotta repair well, it. I'll be back with you in just a moment. It's a jack itself. Darn jack. You know what I'm saying? So, try it again. Here we are once yeah, again. There friends. we go. Now your buddy from Japan. <laughs> what part of Japan? Uh, he, he's got two pads, one in Tokyo and one at the beach. Uh, but I think he's pretty close to you. That Japan gig, Shibuya Ku Zone. Shibuku? Uh, Shibuya Axe? Yeah. That was in Tokyo. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where one of his pads. We were in Chiba City, Tokyo, and Osaka. There's a, you know, I was pedaling this morning by Port Sakal, and the, a street there is called Nagoya Way. Yeah. What's that for? Nagoya is a big town. Yeah, I think uh, that previous phase of the remodeling, like a long time ago, Port Sakal upgrade is when they stuck that street in there. I don't know why they named it that. Because that Asia thing? Because yeah, there's the a little, little Asian, Asian village part, yeah. probably, yeah. yeah. Now they're going to, what, scissor all that? Yeah, it's bridge to breakwater right. or something like right, that. Right, right. So part of it started, but the Port Sakal part is pretty It's a cruise ship traffic. part. Yeah, yeah, cruise ship By the part bridge, very yeah. close, not too close to breakwater. Yeah, so they <laughs> got the close. lights on the bridge now. It looks like two big blue tits kind of. You know what? Big blue bra. Do you notice there are two lights? The top ones are different than the bottom yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, a little I think different had, shade or something. Yeah, I think they had two different companies yeah, do it. a couple different deals. <laughs> so, uh, got that, this thing out. And, yeah, so I'm sure, sure everybody's concerned with the beautification of San Pedro. But it's already beautiful enough. So I just hope they don't make it It kind of makes it more puked sh- up. Chicer, P- Marina del Pedro kind of look. Promenade. <laughs> pr- Promenadian. <laughs> Promenadian. Some cool, cool paddling pics this week, though. Oh, yeah. I got a movie, too. I did yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The water would come down and make everything uh, orange, yeah, peach. Yeah, it's Indian summer mode. Crimson. Doesn't like the fires and smog to make some bitchin' sunrises and sunsets. Isai. I think Isai's first generation because there's a poster. Because I'm putting the cigarette, and the cigarette out in this abalone shell. And, you know, we had, like, a bunch of guys. Uh, I think Sepulveda at Royal Palms, the old man, yeah, built them a shed there. so they could do pearl and um, abalone cultivation. Wow, there's yeah. bone phone. You yeah. hear that ringing? Yeah, little baby phones hiding in the back. This will be the last one. Uh, okay, let's get to more music. There's a band. Uh, Raymond did the art here. They're called the um, Garage Dogs. This is for Matt. Uh, Watt from Pedro Show. Everything always looks the same And 
One fine day I wake up and I look down just to spite And I saw David And sometimes I wonder what Michelangelo must have felt When he was carving those pieces out of stone Sometimes I wonder what he'd been thinking to himself Things would have been so much better had he just left it alone Dig it Every morning I wake up and I hum to myself And every day those homes go on the forgotten shelf Now one fine morning I wake up and I hum myself a tune just to spite And I hum Mozart Sometimes I wonder what he could have been thinking of When he was carving those notes out of stone Sometimes I wonder, did he ever think to himself Things would have been so much better Had he just left it alone
Watt from Pedro Show. That was Antigon, band from El Paso, young guys, uh, with a song called The Road. Uh, Heather gave it to me, Heather Lockie, on tour with um, Eels right now. Uh, and she was. Uh, she also gave me the one before at the lottery, and she actually plays the violin or viola on that. I think they're a San Francisco band or East Bay, somewhere up there. A tune called Falling Rain. Before that, we had Rockets from Cat Power, and we started off with Garage Dogs doing Michelangelo, a friend of me and Raymond's. Uh, Raymond did the artwork. I think they're living here now. They were uh, in Massachusetts for a while. Michelangelo. Raymond with the big show at the Whitney. He's in New York City right now for the opening. Piece in the New York Times Sunday magazine. Uh, pretty trippy piece. Kind of some family insight. Uh, well, anyway, as far as a writer from the New York Times, it's actually the art editor who did it. And I remember we were at the Ponies last week, uh, and the Times has the big fact-checking thing now because of those scandals and stuff. So, yeah, this big windbag conversation with uh, checking every fact, everything, you know, uh, whether it was true or not during their spiel. Uh, I mean, it was a windbag, like half hour or something. I no solis, so I rode Corey Nakataki, and Nakatani, and uh, Patrick Venezuela. Uh, I think f- three races with Corey, four races with Pat, and lost all but the last one. Pat came in at the end <laughs> for me. Leave. Yeah, but that's okay. Cause I don't got much riding on it anyway. Uh, it was uh, it was opening day at Santa Anita, but the infield was closed. We always like to go to the infield. It's kind of neat there at oh. Santa Anita. You can go and see. you got to come with us once. Cool, you dig it. We have a fun time. You haven't checked the ponies in a while. Yeah, we're not really gamblers, you know. We just watch them run. They're beautiful. Uh, God, and then he had to do this animation thing because we were going to go the, the Saturday last week. And they had the free steins. It's the oak tree thing. Oh, cool. Oak tree meat. But he had to finish up this. Uh, there's software now that can make his drawings into animations. Oh, wow. And I think they're showing it at the Whitney. Neat. And, uh, yeah, again, he was victim of the people he, I was working with and Delay a game, delay a game until crunch time, and then. So I haven't got to see it yet, but uh, he says okay. You know, with the restrictions and everything. Uh, but you can imagine the, uh, you know, the old way of making animations. You got to draw each panel. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, software must. Uh, time intensive. Yeah, endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Sunday and Pedro. I guess a lot of pipes save lives. But, um, 
That was a whistle. Rice burner variety. Did you hear the whistle? Yeah. Or was that a, a little, bird? A little chirp. I think it was someone's alarm or something. <laughs> okay. Got all the sounds of Pedro today. <laughs> yeah, it was really quiet this morning when I was pedaling, though. The crack of dawn. Yeah. It was nothing. Oh, that's the way I like it. <laughs> more and more old people are walking. They're quiet. They're not mm. so noisy. Not like the daytime thing. Yeah, this time of year is bitching. I dig on this Indian summer style. Yeah. Not too sweaty. I chat with my mom and my uncle. He's here from Peoria. Oh, cool. And uh, right before I came here. It's an early Sunday. We start at 1030 this morning for what for Pedro show. Got Prack with Jer and Pete coming up for the Spanish Huesca gig October 29th. Cool. And then we do a skateboard benefit here in town. Oh, oh there's yeah, a car yeah. alarm. So where's Whoa, the skateboard? That's what that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's the skateboard? Uh, it's going to be at Lozona Road as a oh, number cool, two. Cool. But uh, we better end this first hour of the October 9, 2005 edition of for Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. October 9, 2005. It's the second hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
caring cause the sight of us provide all And I can't stamp up I can't be shy to get it up The effort to feel you in Has me my fed up and fed up Now I wish I could Yeah.
Pot from Pedro show. That was Mad Trucker Gone Mad with Think of Me, a Detroitson cover off a Detroitson tribute record. Play something from a Sublime tribute record. Now here's one from a Milwaukee band called Detroitson. Uh, I did a song for this. We played it before Stomp. I did it with Barilli and Crane and Adam Gaxiola. Cool. The hottest lead guitarist, crane operator down on the <laughs> dock there. Uh, you had a gig, right? Uh, yeah, had a little Hatch Clerk gig down yeah, there the other Hatch night. Clerk the other yeah, night. that was cool. Got a little OT Evergreen. Yeah. Uh, before that, we had uh, Jesse Moss with Wish Bitch. Uh, Jesse did some gigs with uh, alongside me and Peter and his brother on the a week of uh, <coughs> Warp Tour stuff. I got those uh, earphones. You know, the cat from the Ataris was there. He put putty in my ears and made forms for these earphones oh, called wow. uh, Ultimate Ears or something like this. And, uh, yeah, they seal up because they fit your ear. Uh, people use them for monitors. I know Flea and Les Claypool. Oh, wow. But it works good with my iPod thing. Seals up the world. Cool. And we start off bombing a London. By the last uh, from their album, it was put on CD. It came out, I think, in 1979, a couple of years ago. It was put on CD. And actually, I mean, that's not the version, but that's the uh, B-side of their first single. And, God, I really liked the way that first single was recorded. And then when they did that album, I remember it coming out so uh, tiny-sounding. But uh, anyway, the last, Joel Nolte was the brainchild songwriter singer and all he lives in pedro now oh wow yeah i think uh i can't remember the name he's got another band though but he lives in pedro he was a i don't know hermosa redondo guy those days uh anyway it's my pleasure an extreme fortunate opportunity to bring you brother matt spin cycle thank you
ticket, and there's the train. It's the indestructible speed of Soweto once again.
Come on and follow me. 
I'm the first person, you're the second person. Earlier today I was in the third person. I'm the first person, you're the second person. Earlier today I was in the third person. I'm the first person, you're the second person. Earlier today I was in the third person. Stop cursing, start the person. Edifice is bliss, the sunshine affect your mind. Expand your thoughts, stretch it out, don't doubt. My mind, my brain is caught, I'm just blessed.
Combinations of music. You're about to play a soul 45 RPM recording, but the turntable is set at 33 and a third, and the record plays very slowly. Let's pick up the tempo of it, eh? Now let us imagine that you're in the middle of your disc jockey program.
most people in the Western world are not taught how to concentrate their thoughts, and it may be rather difficult for them to start to meditate at once.
to fall in situation when all eyes are turned in. And love isn't flowing the way it should have been. Brought it all on, but it feels so wrong. Brought it on, no, no, I don't believe the song. Brought it all on. It's a sad communication with little reason to believe. Tends to receive. Brought it all on, but it feels so wrong. You brought it on. No, 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 I don't believe the song. You brought it all on.
dimly lit doorway, your bedroom floor. There are newspaper comforters. Large, curious Dobermans. Friends worse than I. God knows I drank too much. Not enough. When the storm will pass. Same monster. Survival or relative abstraction. How far will you go? The voice inquires. On a nightly basis, just exactly how far are you going to go? No easy answers. Downtown. Penniless. Cumulonimbus accumulating. Dimly lit doorway, your bedroom floor. There are newspaper comforters. Large, curious Doberman. Friends worse than I. There are large, curious Dobermans. Friends worse than I. from Pedro show that was um, creature comforts from unknown instructors unknown instructors doing chapter two next Thursday cool. David Thomas on board this is from uh, I think uh, two years ago but it just came out about three weeks ago smog veil unknown instructors it's called the way things work the album, the song was Creature Comforts. Sounded like some bass. <laughs> On a fuzz tone or something. Cool. Uh, it's myself and George Hurley. Put together by Dan McGuire, poet from Toledo. Jack Brewer was involved too. So, Total Access next week, where we did Project Mersh like 20 years ago. Before that, we had uh, Keith McCaw. You brought it on. Keith McCaw passed away a couple of years ago. But he's a cat who helped me with uh, kicking methamphetamine mm. years ago. So, so what was it sad. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> and we start off with Celebrity Skin, a tune called Introduction. Uh, following Brother Matt Spin Cycle. Thanks. Never thought you'd hear Steve Miller on what <laughs> Pedro show, but that yeah, was through uh, Bootsy Bo- Collins. Bootsy <laughs> through his cowboy hat. Yeah, Bootsy, great bass player. It was trippy, too. I was going to play some, maybe a little later on, some Funkadelic. Cool. It's always good. So that was sensing out that vibe. Um, yeah, last week uh, you came by the coffee shop. Sacred Grounds has moved to half block west. Yeah, it's the first time at the new spot. Yeah, on 6th Street, a cool. couple doors down from the walk, uh, Warner Theater. And um, Money Mark called me up and said, come on and 
jams. I went down there. He c- keeps his stuff now to pad here in Pedro, oh. like a little storage thing on 13th. It's just people practice there. Near it, some metal bands or something, Pedro, local metal bands. School, yeah, and that was really neat. We're going to have another one on Halloween since I won't be on the road, which I usually am. I'll just get back from Spain the day before and because uh, Halloween's on a Monday. Right. I know people like celebrating on a weekday, weekend or whatever. Yeah, it'll be raging all But it'll weekend. be a weekday thing. I like to celebrate it on its day. Uh-huh. So it screws with the regular order of things. It's the only day all year that we admit to wearing costumes. Admit. Yeah, the other 360. <laughs> four days we're in big-time denial. <laughs> so that's why I like it. Yeah, I was going to get, I'm, I'm going for this new job thing, and and one of the deals was before all the all the people had to wear coats and ties. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm totally qualified for this job. I think if I get it, am I going to take it if I got to wear a coat and tie? Do I want to mature to that level? Yeah. And I decided, no, I'm not going to take it if I got to wear a tie. And then I found out that the person who made that rule is no longer there, so my main concern vanished. Relief. Yeah. No tie. No time for tie. <laughs> Why are people like that? Man? No costume. Yeah. They gotta <coughs> get things up tight so they can come down. Them displaced insecurities. Uh, that's unfortunate, but I'm glad. Uh, he gets to take that fascism to a new location <laughs> and happily uh, clear the space. Make it available for you to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sounds of Pedro tall. in the background. Yeah, Roaring by Chorus Sunday. Nothing like it. Pacific. I'll tell you, a few hours ago, or maybe seven, six or seven hours ago, it was quiet. Let's hear the seals barking. <laughs> Buoy boys calling. There was uh, some seals circling me the other day. They're tripping. They know when I go for the camera, they dive. They don't uh, want to be. But if I don't touch camera, they'll stay up and check me they're out. Modest, huh? They're very modest. <laughs> Playboy models out there. You know, if I even put my hands on it, they go under. You know, it's around my neck on a lanyard. So uh, I dig it, you know, them spending time with me. And maybe it's selfish to want a record of it, photographic record. Uh, But uh, never giving me trouble. I've never tried to tip me or anything like that. Big cam boat yesterday. I was coming back into the Angel Gate. China shipping was coming out. Big guy. He was all laden. He wasn't sitting low. I wonder if all them cans are empty. The ones we were putting on were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're full coming in, yeah, but they. Yeah, we don't really make much to send out. Yeah. Or if we do, it's too expensive. <laughs> so they're just bringing some empties back. You know, what I heard that night one of those. One of those ships can fill a mile and a half train 30 times. Yeah, see? Damn. 
That's serious. I wonder there's so much traffic. Well, this is the second hour of the Watford Pedro Show, October 9, 2005 edition. Hang tight for hour three. October 9, 2005, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. And time for another trip with Jack. We start a new mind movie from 1974. This is part A of Moon Over Morocco. And now we begin the first episode in our new Jack Flanders adventure serial, Moon Over Morocco. Sevilla, 
over at the Jamont uh, of Detroit and the tension will be expected at 40 and uh, 15 to 7 p.m. universal time and local time in Morocco. Successively and uh, wishing you a good fine and thank you for your attention. No, not today. No. No. No thanks. No. Maybe some other time. And had them. Look, maybe maybe we can do it some other time. No thanks. Snack charm in the barber had to have. Not today. No, I've I've gotta go someplace. I have to meet someone. Match? Hmm? What? You have match? Oh, sure, yeah. Somewhere. I, I know it's gone for me. Oh, here. You can keep it. Cigarette? Cigarette? Yeah. Here you are. You light? Uh, you're giving me back my matches so I can light your cigarette. You come to Morocco to seek the Masumuda? I don't understand. The holy Masumuda. Who are you? Do you know who are you? I don't... No. You don't. My name's Kelly, Kazba Kelly, and I own a bar here in Tangier. The bar's called Kazba Kelly's. It figures. Kazba Kelly's is right down by the beach on the Bay of Tangier, and across is the Gates of Hercules and the ever-faithful Rock of Gibraltar. Uh, maybe you better get a map. That's Mojo playing the piano. You'll get to know him as time goes by. Now, a lot of what I'm going to tell you ain't necessarily going to be the truth. 
I figured you may as well know that up front. So if one day you visit Morocco and find out it's not anything like what I told you it was, that is your big fablum. You understand? You step outside the door and you can hear the ocean. Smell it too. This country's got a great smell. Those dry scented winds of inland Morocco, the fig trees, the cedar wood and mint beds. Here in Tangier it's eucalyptus, flowers and spices and dry earth. And here on the beach, it's the ocean. You can smell it, can't you? If you allow yourself to. And as you hear, there's fog this time of year, just down here by the bay, but not up there behind me. The whole city is hills, just like San Francisco. I come from San Francisco. A long time ago, I come from a San Francisco that doesn't exist anymore. Though it never did exist, except maybe for a few of us. It was the fantastic drowse and drum hum of lum mum afternoon, nothing to do. Old Frisco with end of land sadness. Casbah Kelly? Right. Jack Flanders. Glad to meet you. This is Mojo Sam, the Udo man. Hi. How are you? Crazy. Give me some skin. The, uh, the Udo man? Mr. Kelly. He used that name, not me. Well, what's you do mean? That's part yoga and part voodoo. I calls myself the you do man. Mojo Sam, the you do man. And my friends, they come up to me and say, Hey, you do man. Your parrot, he leave a little you do on your shoulder there. He, he, he. <laughs> so only Mr. Charlie, uh, I mean Mr. Kelly here, calls me you do man. So you know a little bit about voodoo, huh? Voodoo? I see. This here is Africa. Kelly, I take it you got my letter. Right. Well, the two of you may be a great deal of help to me. I mean, for my expedition. Expedition? Yeah. I guess you didn't see my letter, but... Stonehenge! Yeah. You did read my letter. No. Well, in my letter I wrote about my studies of Stonehenge and Woodhenge and the stone circles and pre-Druid crosses and markers that can be found all over the British Isles. Well, to get to the point, I believe there's something so basic, so primitive here in this land, Africa, and in these people. I mean, there's a raw energy alive here that's been lost in the West. It once existed in England in, in ancient times, but... Well, the people here are so alive, awake... Their eyes, their senses. Like a dog. Yeah, you, you could say that. Like animals. They seem to have an instinct we've lost. That's probably true. There's a saying here. The understanding of an Arab is in his eyes. Hmm. Yes. Excuse me. That girl there. Hmm? At the bar. Yeah. Who is she? No idea. When did she arrive? Who knows? 
She's been coming in for maybe a week, two weeks, every evening. She sits at the bar, keeps to herself. Do you know her? No. Divorcee. Hmm. Yeah, they often come here to Morocco. Lonely, looking for Casablanca, as though it ever existed. Didn't it? They're, uh, they're Moors, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah, but that's, that's out of the Middle Ages. To them, it's an insult. Calling a Moroccan a Moor is like calling someone a kike. Hmm, I see. Uh, but it's all right to refer to Moorish, like uh, Moorish architecture. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I see. Tell me, what makes this country so mysterious? I don't know. I don't ever want to know. If I knew why, it wouldn't have its mystery. It's like as soon as you know why you're in a country, it ceases to have a mystery for you, and if it doesn't have a mystery, why live in it? Well, I don't agree. Well, all that hocus-pocus stuff you've been doing over at Stonehenge has brought you to Morocco, but do you know why? Sure. I'm simply looking for a vehicle that will take me through the gates. You know what I mean? Open up your door to a good day and prepare yourself for a bad one. Yes, what is it? It is now nine. Excuse, eight. No, nine o'clock. Exactly, mister. All right. Uh, thanks. Well, let's see what the weather's like. Oh, it's not bad. Looks like another nice day. Hello? Oui. Uh, I'd like uh, Tangier 22722. 22722? Yes, that's right. One moment, please. Hello? Yes, I'd like to speak to the countess, please. The countess cannot be disturbed. Can you take a message? Tell the countess that Jack... Wait, wait. I find a pen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Hello, hello. Yes, I'm here. Tell the Countess that Jack Flanders has arrived in Tangier. I'm staying at... You Flanders. Yes, that's right. I'm staying at the Elma Why, Greb... you must come right over. Toots it. Countess Zazini, right eh? over. I will send my driver for you at, at 11. <laughs> so that was the Countess. Hmm. God, there's a big crack in the wall here. I hadn't noticed that before. What a crazy place. And this Jacques is Yahya. Yahya? Yahya. The green one is Yahya. 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 And the other one, is that a minor? The minor is called Mina. I see. I love this courtyard. Ah. The tile designs, the, the arabesque. It's incredible. You have a beautiful villa, Countess. Ah, merci, Jacques, merci. They certainly know how to construct houses, don't they? They extract the cool from the heat. Uh-huh, I see. And uh, these designs... I'm told that the Muslims are forbidden to make images of humans in their religious art. All art is religious, Jacques. It is believed because the people were forbidden to depict human form in the end of arts, they were able to develop the arabesque to its present perfection. Hmm. The arabesque is an intricate, pure design, like mathematics. But it is more than the Koran forbidding human image. For the Muslims do not see God as an old man with a white beard. <laughs> no, no, no. Allah is not a wise old man, but a principal in the universe. Ah. So the designs represent this principle. Yeah, you may believe that if you wish. Well, is it true? Nana Jacques, tell me. Why have you come to Morocco? Countess, there seems to be something about truth here. That people... That is finished. Why, Jacques, are you in Morocco? Well, you see, I've been studying the energy patterns that flow through certain ancient monuments. Ah. Stonehenge, Woodhenge, Glastonbury Abbey... Man-made mounds and, and stone circles. You investigate in England only? Yes. Well, no, actually, uh, Scotland, Wales, Ireland. I know Stonehenge has solar instruments, but uh, I am unfamiliar with Woodhenge. Well, in some ways, Woodhenge is even more mysterious than Stonehenge. Like the pyramids, it was laid out under the sign of Mercury to invoke the influences of that planet. Mercury? Oh, we. Woodhenge is an arrangement of concentric rings set out in a series of several hundred holes instead of stones, and these once held upright wooden posts. The order in which the posts were set was extremely precise and deliberate. If you can visualize this... Mais certainement. Well, there were six concentric elliptical rings, each containing posts of varying sizes and number, 
placed upon an axis that pointed to the sunrise on a summer's day. Aha! Mercury, the inventor of the lute, mm-hmm. the god of stringed instruments and music. Exactly. <laughs> Woodhenge was built for the invocation of this particular aspect of the mercurial influence. The Pythagorean, oui? You are right, ah. Countess. The Pythagoreans reproduced the sonic patterns of the universe by means of strings stretched between posts. Each string was of varying length and thickness, determined by the relative size and distance of the celestial bodies. So using this scale, the distance between the Earth and the Moon is the same distance as between the two Woodhenge centers, or one tone. So... Well, Woodhenge itself appears to have been an enormous stringed musical instrument laid out according to the plan of the universe. In other words, Countess... It played the music of the spheres. Exactly. (laughs) Celestial harmony. Oui, oui. (sighs) Yaya is silent. Be not afraid of the universe. The sky was heavy. The air so thick I could scarcely move. The whole countryside looked as though it were suffering. The thunder began to rumble in the west and and the sky grew black. She's standing there on the knoll, silhouetted against the sky. This silence happens very rarely. Her movements were so slow and graceful. There was a pattern, a design she etched in the air. And then I noticed that she stood in the middle where the cross-currents of energy flowed. Sometimes it is the sound of the wind. Her hair is so long and black. And her cape rises and falls and it, it snaps in the wind. It seemed I had stood there thousands of years before, watching this ritual being performed. There are times, though, I believe he listens to thoughts. The wind began to howl, and the clouds boiled like black serpents. The Moroccans do not like owls, do you know? What the hell is she doing? It is the way the owl looks at you. It is their eyes. They can do things to you. They are very superstitious, these Moroccans. I could feel the energy rising as though the earth itself were about to explode. And still she whirled faster and faster. Her arms stretched towards the sky. I once owned two owls. They were large. This large! If someone was nasty, as they can be, uh, let's owls go for them. (laughs) I can see the energy. It, It swirls around her. Faster. More frantic she danced, and yet with such exactness, such precision, and still the wind rose higher. The rain fell in torrents. The fields are their messengers sent by someone, someone who does not like them. She'll kill herself. Stop! Stop! Oh, yes. They will kill the owls if they can, and they do. And then it struck. like a meteor and shot off across the countryside. Five years ago, there were many owls. Today, very, very few. She's gone. And she was gone. Ah, 
Yaya has begun to talk once more. How nice. Nice, Yaya. He who speaks the truth better have one foot in the stirrup. It was late afternoon. I was sitting outside at the Café Continental on the Boulevard Pasteur, sitting alone, having a glass of sweet mint tea. And who should come along? Just out for an afternoon stroll, talking to himself, solving the mysteries of the universe. Jack Flanders. Casbah Kelly. You mind if I join you? Sure. Yourself. What would you like? Oh, mint tea would be fine. I slowly became aware of something I hadn't noticed before. This Flanders fellow used an interesting technique while he sat there. It was opening his eyes wide, alerting his senses, and allowing everything occurring around him to enter in. Then later, I, I figured he would sort out the impressions, the vibrations, the images, the data, and file it away. It's known as deliberate delay observation. When the atmosphere is too intense, too foreign to make accurate observations, it's merely recorded by the senses and later on filed into place. It's their motivation that I don't know if I could ever understand. They're like children. Like children? Yeah. You mean their minds work differently than ours? <laughs> That's for sure. Well, tell me, Kelly, how does a Moroccan's mind work? <laughs> well, come on, you must know. Look, I can't just launch into well, it. Their logic, then. They have no logic. Well, they must have. Their minds don't work at all the same as ours. That's what makes it so much fun. How do their minds work? I'm not a Moroccan. Well, then how don't their minds work? Don't? You mean how don't they use logic? Hmm. Okay. If A equals B and B equals C, A does not necessarily equal C. For them, not at all. And there's no reason that it should, because they've never been taught that things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. Go on. If you perform Act A 20 times, and the result every time is result B, you can safely assume that B is the result of A, that A causes B. Right. Not for them. Not at all. You performed Act A, Act B happened. There's no connection whatever with A. It happened because God wanted it to happen that way, and, well, that's the way it is. Allah. The will of Allah. You mean that nothing is the result of anything? Everything merely is, and no questions asked. Even the language they speak is constructed around that. Everything is explained by the constant intervention of Allah. Hmm. Oh, by the way, I visited the Countess de Zazinia. Hmm. Do you hmm. know her? Yeah. Uh-huh. I take it you two don't get along. She doesn't approve of my existence. Oh, I see. Actually, uh, she feels I should have and could have chosen a different time to incarnate. A time different than she'd chosen. Well, you missed by a generation. That wasn't good enough. Your lives are bound together in some way? I think she feels that fate has spun invisible strings and it's only a matter of time before circumstances gives it a yank and we're suddenly drawn together into some kind of embarrassing intrigue. Doesn't she like you? Where possible, the Contessa avoids the vulgarities of life. Hmm. I see. 
Of course, I did freak her out of her wits a couple of times. <laughs> She's mysterious, though, isn't she? Tangier's full of mysterious Europeans. Nobody knows what country they're from. They speak every language. Their mysteries one can never resolve. Because they've seen to it very carefully. Before they came. this place. These walls are brilliant. The tiles glisten like teeth. Black olive trees caught by the moonlight. Frozen like, like lightning cracked into the sky. These archways. This stillness. This calm. words inscribed in the stone arch. Shadows, I, I can't make it out. Well, the last part, the last part, it says, of our own light. Tangier is the city par excellence for mysterious Europeans. Anything wrong? Uh, I, I think the atmosphere here is a little intense. Yeah, it's a lovely country to come to if you're looking to be pushed over the edge. If you don't mind my asking, Kelly, do you make any money off this place? Oh, well, you know, if there were a lot of people coming in all the time, it's just too distracting. <laughs> that girl, sitting at the bar. Mm, yeah. Uh, Mojo. Yeah, boss. Flanders here is interested in yoga. What? You look like the type. I've been practicing a thing. Maybe you got some ideas about it. Well, I, I really don't know that much. You know about projecting? Projecting? What you do is find a nice, clean piece of wall. White, cool plaster. That's good. Then you sit down and you focus on a dot in your mind. A red dot right between your eyes. Then you project it on the wall. You keep it there until it begins to open into pictures. The desert. That one will be the first. Sand, big needle cactus, red desert. Maybe a camel or two, one hump kind. Maybe see a crow flying low. What you see in your mind is projected on the wall. Can you do this? My parrot and my monkey think so. When I project a banana on the wall, my monkey goes ape. <laughs> yeah, they're more alert. Got different kind of eyes than ours. I don't think human beings can see it. Ain't strong enough yet. Of course... Parrot lacks a banana, too. Well, how far can you take it? Take it wherever I go. 
No, no, Mojo. I, I mean... I don't know. When I get better projecting whatever comes in my head, I'll be able to tune in on that. <laughs> Who knows? I'll show you sometime when I get under control. You know, I'd like to see that. Gotta have control. I mean, man, I got things in my head. Hairy stuff there, man. Mm -mm. Uh, Jack, there's something I want to ask you. These stone circles and mounds you've been investigating. Tell me more. Well, it's a pretty big hunk to just launch into. Yeah, well, tell me a little chunk of it then. Well, this is what we know for sure. Those prehistoric sites were laid out to reflect the constellations. Apparently, each site had a different character depending on the nature of the celestial body it represented. That and the strength of the natural magnetic current that flowed through it. Whoever these people were, they constructed their instruments of stone at appropriate spots in the countryside. Places that would serve their purpose. Yeah, and their purpose? Yeah, well that's the question. It's magic. They channeled this current for their own magical purposes. Hmm. These sites were, in a very real sense, receiving stations. Receiving stations for direct influences from the planets. Mm -hmm. Every stone circle had an affinity with a certain part of the human body. So they literally formed giant figures that stretched right across the landscapes. Giants of old. Yes. And the lines that connect these sites to one another formed a terrestrial nervous system. You know, it's actually amusing in a way. We've all been living in the ruins of an ancient structure whose incredible size has made it invisible to us. Not until we started using aerial photography did we really begin to see. This is in the British Isles? No, it's the entire Earth. I mean, the entire surface of the Earth is marked with the traces of a gigantic work of prehistoric engineering, the remains of a once-universal system of natural magic. Whoa! Yeah, I know. And there are places where some of that magic is still very much alive. So you've come to Morocco to look? Not to look. To find. To find an entrance to that lost world. Lost world. Lost world. Patience, my friend, is the key of paradise. The candle is put into the lantern, and the moth is left outside, fluttering. Here, from the roof, you can see all of Tangier. Amazing. Those dogs down there, are they that loud every night, Countess? It is the moon. It's not full, is it? Three. Piketty, four days more. Are they stray dogs? Some. As the moon fattens, the dogs increase. I see. Shh. Good. Listen. A call for prayer. Countess. Shh.
Yes, it is. Five times in a day, the Muzen calls the faithful to prayer from the minaret of the mosque. It is a, an interesting religion, the Muslim faith. In the 7th century, the Arab invade and the Berber embrace Islam with the enthusiasm. The Berber became more Muslim than the Muslim. The Berber produce Berber holy men, Berber saint, Berber prophet, Berber messiah, Berber cult, even Berber Quran. You mean they changed it to fit themselves? The Berber reverted back to a purity and austerity of early days of Islam, to the days of the Prophet Muhammad in the Arabian desert, even back before the Arab, who in the course of his imperial progress became influenced by the corrupt tendencies of the outside world. You mean the original natives of Morocco were Berbers? Long time ago, Jacques, the Berber were a white race. But the passage of time, the mix, the darken. Mm. The Toreg tribe of Sahara, still with blue eyes. Hmm. Then uh, there was a Berber language. We oui. still, maybe three million still speak. Hmm. Berber mean... Free and noble spirit. Berber always a fighting race. Jacques. Jacques, perhaps you, you watch something? There's someone there. By those eucalyptus across the road. They were watching us. <laughs> Moroccan watch everyone. They're very suspicious people. We are foreigners in their country. No matter how long you live in Morocco... You are still a foreigner. There was something familiar about that person. It's too dark to be certain, but I believe it was a woman. Hmm. It's their eyes. They don't miss much, do they? Very little escape. Wait. Wait a minute. Please, wait. Do you understand English? Yes. Good. I want to ask you something. This may sound like a come on, but it, it isn't really. Come on? Well, I, I mean, I'm not trying to pick you up. That's not why I've been chasing you. Uh, you wish to carry me. Carry you? <laughs> I'll pick you up. No, 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 no. I'll get to the point. Point? Well, the, uh... You know, I, I mean, have you ever been to England? You English? No, American. From New York? No, I'm... Well, I've lived there, but I wouldn't say that I... Look. Ah, you wish to show me something. Huh? No, no, I just... Well, this may sound silly, but... Sound silly? Oh, God. I've seen you before.
When I first saw you, there was wind and rain and, and thunder. You seemed to dance to those waves of energy rippling across the countryside. I felt I was living something that was destined to happen. At that moment, I was suddenly aware that I had known all my life that scene would take place. Yes, that is so. You seem so sad. I can no longer tell what is real and what isn't. I have a difficult time following what is happening to me. I seem to have no solid points of reference. I am Lila Ulupi. I'm Jack Flanders. What is it? Do you too feel this was inevitable? Is it that that makes you sad? We have a saying. Nobody but the one who is carrying a load knows how much it weighs. And the drums, the drums will come. I don't understand. I am Laila Olupi. A point of reference. I didn't mean... No, you know that I didn't mean that. What do you mean? You are a foreigner. How can you comprehend? But what do you mean? Oh, here's someone I'd like you to meet, Kasbah Kelly. I cannot. I must go. Well, where can I reach you? Reach me? Yes, how can we get in touch? Where do you live? You will see me. Soon. Are they very superstitious people? <laughs> superstitious? They are expert in superstition. I'd like to know about their magic. Yeah. Everything here is magic. It is how all Moroccan people live. You mean they all practice magic? They all believe, yes, of magic. Sukil. It is drug, herb. The old women oh, are very subtle. With herb, they can cause anything. Your pretty hair, eh? All fall out. Or your white teeth. All fall out. Of course, catatonia, schizophrenia, eh? heart attack, hmm. anything. But why? It is usually for power or for money, which is the same thing. Hmm. So this uh, sukil, that's where they administer they drugs. They put sukil in your food every day. A little bit. Huh? And when you rest afterwards in a trance, perhaps... They then suggest you do what they wish, eh? Like uh, to make someone love you. You use kill. Hmm. With kill, all the resistance falls away. <laughs> wow. Sounds scary. You mean to tell me they're doing that now? Today? Everywhere. Every day. And there is also Sahar. This is the writing of words. 
perpetuation of pre-Islamic gods, like cutting off the rose to straw during the full moon, eh? Mm. No drug, but work as well. They say. That sounds just like voodoo. The casting of spells. This is Sahar. But the Moroccan, the kill, Sahar, equally effective. All magic. Magic part of everyday living here. Yes, I see. I do not think you see. Everything is explained by the constant intervention of Allah. I do see. You do not see. When you die in Morocco, it was your time to die. <laughs> it is the will of Allah. So, no autopsy. Uh-huh. I think I'm beginning to see now. Oui, oui, oui. It is murder. Murder. Murder all the time. Every day. And no questions asked.
from Pedro show that was EZT well we played a bunch of stuff there from baby legs monitor label there Baltimore Balmore you know who lives there Crago right oh yeah 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 I heard about that (laughs) there's an old Pedro guy living in Baltimore anyway that was EZT with uh Oh, yeah. hey to Craig O. Craig Worley out there. <laughs> I went to grade school with him. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was EZT with the Bay Shallows. Before that, we had uh, Hudson Bell with Atlantis Nights. Then we had the Oxes before that, and uh, none of the songs are marked. It's the Oxes EP. There's five songs, and I played the fourth one, so whatever that is. Trippy picture. Well, Some kitsch. <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the Wheaties and the hot dogs. And uh, start off the music there with uh, more dogs. Never let them catch you crying. And that was all after part A of Jack's, well, as far as you guys are concerned, most recent adventure. Part A of Moon Over Morocco. But it was actually done in 1974. So, 
It's a pretty long one. It's going to be 16 parts, so. And that was a pretty big chunk right there. But uh, Jack is finding out the ways of the Berbers and Morocco. And of course, he'll be on a uh, mind blow trip of self realization and discovery. And it'll take him a whole. Discs. Bender of a voyage to find out he always knew what he was trying to figure out anyway. That's the way these things work out for him. He just had to take the trip to make it stick. All right, Jack. Uh, coming at the end, another Watt from Pedro show, the uh, October 9, 2005 edition. Uh... Yeah, Vinny Vegas wanted to come by. Oh, that's right, yes. Right, with Todd there. from uh, Recess Records, these guys, uh, the Porch Corps, no longer 4th Street. I think they're all at 15th Street, oh, that big pad, big the Peck, pad, huh? Peck Manor. Uh -huh. But they want to bring by some music. It'll be cool, some Pedro. Cool. Uh, I know a bunch of those bands are playing the uh, skate. Oh, cool. San Pedro Skate Park Benefit on uh, November 4th. I play twice, so I'll play earlier with the second man, and then I've got to go to Long Beach and play with Peter and Perkins at T. Piazza's. Uh, I don't know all the bands, but there's a bunch of bands. It's going to be at La Zona Rosa 2. Uh, the new name, but we all know it as Dancing Waters. <laughs> but it's been La Zona Rosa number two for a while now. And... Uh, yeah, a couple days before, it'll be me and Money Mark at Sacred Grounds. That'll be cool. Breaking in for some more jams. But uh, I'll be festooned in costume, of course, for my favorite holiday. <laughs> Maybe a pumpkin on the head. That's always my last-minute one if I can't find a costume. Just cut the bottom out of a pumpkin. I got some big old pumpkins, and, man. Yeah? My mom, my mom grew some. I carry them. They go so good crazy. if you're wearing a flannel. Then you look like Ichabod <laughs> Crane. <you know? laughs> little ones are tough. <laughs> I had one that was so little, it was so tight that I couldn't get it off. I had to drive up there with it on. and I had to actually crack it off to get it off at the end of the night. All that pumpkin uh, innards all in the face. And, yeah, it's kind of gooey. Anyway, uh, next week we'll have another show, and uh, till then, keep your powder dry. <laughs>